0: Seamus, The Case of the Mason Jars, Part One, A Road Trip, is based on the book A Bullet for Cinderella by John MacDonald.
1: Doris, can I get a refill here for the road?
0: Where
2: are you going?
1: Who says I'm going anywhere?
2: (laughs) You just did.
1: Out of town for a few days.
2: You coming back?
1: How could I not come back to this fine dining establishment? Uh-huh. The steady April rain was soaking the earth. It hadn't been a bad drive though until dusk came. In the half light it was hard to see the road. The rain was heavy enough to reflect my headlights back against the windshield. I was beginning to see the green exit signs for Leebrook. My trip here started with Floyd Vincent of Leebrook. When Internal Affairs had interrogated me, I told them how Floyd had died, but nothing more than that. I didn't tell them any of the stuff Floyd had told me. I'd known him casually, just another cop. He told me about it one night. That was after he got pretty drunk. I was still in fierce shape. I was waiting outside the bar with him for a cab I called. He told me about it in the faint glow of neon lights, whispering to me, his face partially covered in darkness.
2: James, uh- I've got to get back and straighten something out. I've got to. Every time I think about it, I'm ashamed. I I thought I was being smart. I thought I was getting what I wanted. Maybe I've grown up now. I've got to get it straightened out.
1: Easy there, buddy. You can deal with this when you sober up.
2: I wanted it, and I got it. But I can't use it now. I wanted her, too, and had her, but but she's no good to me now.
1: Okay, buddy, I'm listening. He told me the story then. He had been in business with his brother, Leon Vincent. Leon was older by six years. Leon took Floyd in as a partner. Leon had a flair for salesmanship and promotion, and Floyd was good on the books. He had a natural knack for figure work. They had a building supply business, a retail hardware outlet, a lumber yard, and several concrete trucks. And Leon had a lush, petulant, amoral, discontented young wife named Lizette.
2: I didn't make a play for her, James. It just seemed to happen. She was my brother's wife, and I knew it was bad, but I couldn't stop. We had to sneak around behind his back. LaBruque isn't a very big city. We had to be very careful. I guess I knew all the time what she was. But Leon... Leon thought she was the best thing that ever walked. She was the one who talked me into running away with her, James. She was the one who said we'd have to have money, so I started to steal.
1: He told me how he did it. A lot of the accounting gimmicks didn't make much sense to me. He did all the ordering, handling the bank accounts and deposits. It was a big, profitable operation. <laughs> took a little bit here, a little bit there, always in cash. All the time he was doing it, he was carrying on an affair with Lizette. He said it took two years to squirrel away almost $600,000. $600,000.
2: I couldn't open a bank account with the money. Uh, I knew better than to put it in a safe deposit box. I put the money in those canning jars. I'd fill them and buried them. Leon kept worrying about why we weren't making more money. I kept lying to him. I guess deep down, I didn't trust Lisette either. I didn't tell her about it. She was getting restless and more careless. She had me sort of hypnotized. I told Lisette I couldn't go through with it. She said that she was going to tell Leon. I left the money and ran off. I traveled around for a while and then joined the force. I want to get back there and give the money back to Leon and tell him the whole thing. It's still there. Nobody can find it.
1: A few weeks later, Floyd was killed in a domestic. Domestics are never good. Too many emotions flying around. Floyd was shot. He didn't die right away. It was in a final moment of relative lucidity when he caught my wrist. (sighs)
2: I'm not going to make it, James. You'll make it. No, no. You go back there and straighten it out. You can do that. Tell Leon. Give him the money. Tell him everything.
1: Stay still. Let me get that for you. What are you looking for? A wallet. Irene's picture. I pulled a photograph of a smiling girl rubbing the belly of a big golden retriever. She wore a white tank top and dark blue shorts. A
2: wave of dirty blonde hair cascaded down her back. I showed it to him. Irene... Find Irene. Tell her I should have married her. Give the money to Leon. Sure, where's the money? Uh, tell Leon everything. Where's the money hidden? <laughs> Pixie would know. Pixie would know.
1: I wasn't going away from Abby on a fool's errand. At the time, Floyd's story didn't hold any water with me until recently. Things have been slow. I could use the cash. I thought about those canning jars with the tight rolls of bills inside. I didn't need to tell Leon or Irene anything. I was looking for somebody named Pixie who would know how to find it. When I saw the motel sign ahead on the ride, I slowed down. It looked fairly new. A woman with cold eyes and sharp small movements was behind the desk. She looked like a buzzard waiting. She said the place was just four miles from LeBourg City Limits. The buzzard woman looked at me with obvious disapproval, but condescended to take my payment. I decided the room would do. It'd be a good place to stay while I did what had to be done in LaBrook. I wondered if I should have registered under an alias. But if I could find the money, there would be no one to say that I was the one who had taken it. And using my name wouldn't make any difference at all. When at last the rain eased up, I went and found a small roadside restaurant. You sell anything stronger than coffee here?
3: No. The convenience store sells the hard stuff. And wine. If that's what you're into. I'm not into wine myself.
1: Thanks. She handed me a menu and walked away. I think she was swinging her hips on purpose. It got my attention. When she returned, I think she had unbuttoned her shirt a little bit more.
0: Ready to order?
3: Because I'm ready to take it.
1: I ordered the special and coffee.
3: If you are going to buy something stronger for later, I'd be willing to keep you company. If you don't want to drink alone and all.
1: She was reasonably pretty. I wasn't interested. I was a bit distracted. Thanks, I'll keep that in mind. I had everything I owned in a bag with me. If I didn't make it back to the city, well, no one would miss me. I drank in the motel room until my lips felt numb. In the morning, La lay clean and washed by the night rains, bright and glowing in the April sunshine. I drove up the main street. Standardization had given most of our small cities the same look. Plastic and glass, brick storefronts, big box stores, and chain coffee shops, and fast food joints. Brook had hung on to some of its smug individuality. Floyd had told me that it had not changed very much in the past 20 years. The money in town was the result of its being a shopping center for all the surrounding farmland. My late model POS had gotten me here, but I probably pushed it too hard. I had crossed the country as fast as I could, taking it out on the car, anxious to get to this place. The car kept stalling as I stopped at traffic lights. When I spotted the repair garage, I turned in.
2: Can I help you? It keeps stalling. Uh, I'm pretty backed up right now. Might be a couple of days. That'll be alright. Oh, you're away from home? Vacationing? Something like that. I
1: stopped here because I used to know a fellow from this town. Floyd Vincent. Knew Floyd, did you? The
2: way you say it, I guess you know he's dead.
1: Yes, I was with him when he died. Guess it was pretty rough. Papers said he died a hero. It was rough. He used to talk about this place. About his brother Leon, I thought I'd stop and maybe see his brother and tell him about how
2: it was with Floyd. <laughs> I guess Leon knows how it was. I don't understand. There's another man came here that knew Floyd when he died. Matter of fact, he's still here. Came here a year ago, name of Stucky, Boren Stucky. He works for Leon at the lumber yard. Guess you know him, wouldn't you?
1: I know him. Everyone on the force knew Stucky. He was a lean man with tremendously powerful hands and arms. He had pale, colorless hair, eyes the elusive shade of wood smoke. I knew him. I knew he was on the take. He wasn't the only one, but he was the worst. He disappeared shortly after I quit. Can't say that I gave much thought to him since then. It all came back. Stuckey kept to himself working his extortion on the side. I figured he was in the mob's pocket as well. If something disappeared from the evidence locker... I always suspected Stucky was behind it. No one was able to catch him. I figured he left suddenly because he saw the neck closing around him. I could remember the slyness of the man, his knack for moving without a sound. He had also been in the bar the night that Floyd told me about the cash. I don't remember seeing him around when we were waiting on the cab, but if he was there, he knew about the cash as well. The lumberyard was large. There was an office near the road. I heard the whine of a saw. Beyond the two buildings were tall stacks of lumber. A truck was being loaded back there. In the open shed, a clerk was helping a customer select window frames. An office girl with thin face and dark hair looked up from the adding machine, told me I could find Stucky out in the back where they were loading the truck. I saw him before he saw me. He was heavier but otherwise unchanged. He stood with another man watching two men loading a truck. The man said something and Stucky laughed. He turned as I approached him. His face changed. The smoke eyes looked at me, wary, speculative.
3: Well, if it ain't Hunter James...
1: He turned to the other man. Mac, you go right ahead here.
3: Leave this slip
1: in the office on your way out. Stucky nodded to a shed on the back corner of the lot and started walking. I followed. An elderly Ford was parked by the shed. He opened the door and gestured. I went into the shed. It was spotlessly clean. There was a bunk, table, chair, shelf with a microwave, small refrigerator and dishes. He had a supply of canned goods, clean clothes hanging on hooks, a pile of magazines and a book near the head of the bunk. There was a large space heater in the corner, and through the open door I could see into a small bathroom with unfinished walls. There was no invitation to sit down. We faced each other. I heard in town you work here.
3: You just happened to be in town and heard I work here? That's right. Maybe you're going around looking all the boys up. Maybe you're writing a book.
1: It's an idea. I could put you in the book, Stucky. In fact, you could be one of the lead characters. Well, at least I'd fit the pot. There was an amused sneer in his tone that brought it all back to me. Stucky hadn't cared about the rest of us just so long as he got out of it with a profit. Perhaps he misjudged the extent of the contempt that made me careless of his physical power. My right fist hit his jaw solidly. The impact jarred my arm, shoulder, and back. It knocked him back a full step. I wanted him on the floor. I swung again and hit a thick, hard arm. He caught my wrist on the third blow, then grabbed my right wrist. I tried to snap my wrist free, but he was far too powerful. I was able to resist the grinding, twisting force for several seconds. His face was quite impassive. I was slowly forced down onto my knees, tears of anger and humiliation stinging my eyes. He released my wrist suddenly and gave me a casual open-handed slap across the side of my head that knocked me down onto the floor. I scrambled to the chair and started to pick it up to use it as a weapon. He twisted it out of my hands, put a foot against my chest, and shoved me back so that I rolled toward the door. He put the chair back in place. Went over and sat on the bunk, lighted a cigarette.
3: I got up slowly. He looked at me calmly. Out of your system. Damn you. Shut up. Sit down. Don't try to be a boy hero, James. I'll mock you up some if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about Floyd Vincent James. What about Floyd? Too damn late for games. Information keeps you alive. I'm in the business of listening. I know that Floyd stole from his brother and stashed it away in jars. I heard him tell you. So don't waste your time trying to play dumb about it. I'm here and you're here and that's the only way it adds up. I got here first. I got here while you were still licking your candy-ass wounds. I haven't got the money. If I had it, I wouldn't still be here. That's obvious. I figured Floyd might have told you where he hid it. I've been waiting for you. What kept you?
1: I don't know any more about it than you do. I know he hid it,
3: but I don't know where. Maybe I won't buy that. Maybe I came here on a long shot. I didn't have much to go on. I wanted to be all set when you came after it. It was a long shot, but one town is the same as another to me. I can't see you coming here to find the money and not knowing any more than I do. You're a more conservative type, James. You know something I want to know. That's right. I know
1: exactly where it is. I can go dig it up right now. That's why I waited so long before I came here. That's why I came here to see you instead of going digging it up. Why come at all? I remembered the money. I thought I'd come here and look around.
3: I've spent almost two years looking around. I know a hell of a lot more about Floyd Vincent, the way he lived, the way his mind worked, than you'll ever know. And I can't find it. Then I won't be able to either, will I? Then you better take off, James. Go back to where you come from. I think I'll stick around. Then you do have a little clue that I don't have. Maybe it isn't a very good one.
1: I don't know any more than you do. I just have more confidence in myself
3: than I have in you. (laughs) You've wasted years on it. At least I haven't done that. I have to be somewhere. Might as well be here. What's wasted about it? I've got a good job. Let's pool everything we know and can remember. And if we can locate it, I'll give you a third. No. You have something to work on?
1: No, I don't.
3: You can end up with nothing instead of a third.
1: Or all of it instead of a third.
3: Finding it and taking it away from here are two different problems. I'll take that chance. Well, suit yourself. Go and give my regards to Leon. And Lizette. You won't be able to do that. She took off with a salesman.
1: Maybe she took the money with her.
3: I don't think so.
1: But she knew Floyd was hiding it, had hidden a big amount.
3: From what he said about her, she wouldn't leave without it. She did. Take my word. She left without it.
0: Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you enjoyed this episode of Seamus, please leave a review and tell your friends. Seamus... The Case of the Mason Jars Part 1, A Road Trip, is based on the book A Bullet for Cinderella by John MacDonald. Hunter James was played by Tom Hinton. Doris Poole was played by Jean Phillips. The Waitress was played by Julie Scala. The Car Mechanic was played by Mike Rowe. Floyd Vincent was played by Nick Yamateo. Oren Stuckey was played by Nick Gordon. I'm Leslie Woodruff. This episode of Seamus was written by Max Rees and directed by Tom Hinton. Seamus is a New Meadows Media production. All rights reserved.